No matter where you are, it's Texas Standard Time on this September 27th, a Thursday, and something tells me that workplace productivity might take something of a dip today as the eyes of Texas and way beyond turn to a hearing room on Capitol Hill. I'm David Brown. Great to have you with us. Republican senators who've in the past voiced full-throated support for Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh are now wavering as more women come forward with allegations against him. Earlier this week, Deborah Ramirez, a student at Yale who was there when Kavanaugh was also there, told The New Yorker that Kavanaugh exposed himself to her at a dormitory party. On Wednesday, in an anonymous letter to Republican Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado, a woman reported that her daughter witnessed Judge Kavanaugh drunkenly push her friend, a woman he was dating, up against a wall, quote, very aggressively and sexually. After they left a bar one night in 1998, that according to the New York Times. But today's testimony will give Kavanaugh's first accuser a chance to speak. Christine Blasey Ford, a California professor, is telling the Senate Judiciary Committee that Kavanaugh assaulted her when they were both teenagers at a drunken party. In statements prepared for today's hearing, she spoke of the struggle to have to, quote, relive my trauma in front of the entire world. She goes on to say, quoting again, My motivation in coming forward was to provide the facts about how Mr. Kavanaugh's actions have damaged my life so that you can take that into serious consideration as you make your decision about how to proceed. And it is that question of how to proceed that it is most germane at the moment. Judge Kavanaugh is also testifying today and is expected to repeat his adamant denial of the accusations. Joining us now, Lynn Rambo. She is professor of law at Texas A&M. Professor, welcome back to The Standard. Uh, good morning, David. Thank you. You are not only a professor of constitutional law, you also teach evidence law, and you certainly have a lot of experience with trials, including employment discrimination. As you watch what's going on with this hearing, uh, you certainly bring a unique perspective to all this, and I'm wondering what sticks out to you most about it. One of the things that sticks out is that the story that these women are telling don't seem to be the types of stories that one would bring forward if one were fabricating. Mm. If I, or any of us, I think, were making up a story, um, the last thing we would do is place another man in the room to have witnessed it because you would want to leave it at he said, she said. We should emphasize, of course, that the rules of uh, evidence here don't strictly apply. This isn't a trial. This is a confirmation hearing. What does that mean when it comes to how the various players present their arguments here? Oh, it means a lot of things. Um, you're absolutely right that there's no evidentiary standard uh, the penalty at the end of this is is simply lack of confirmation. The senators are free to exercise their discretion as they see fit with respect to the fitness of Judge Kavanaugh for the court. You know, there's just any number of ways in which this is going to be different from a court proceeding. Yesterday afternoon, uh, Republican Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona gave a speech on the Senate floor in which he said that this hearing process has been unfair both to Christine Blasey Ford and to the nominee himself, Brett Kavanaugh. In your view, is Flake correct in his assessment that neither party can now get a fair hearing because of how this has played itself out in the press? Maybe I'm an idealist, but, but I think if you zoom out to 30,000 feet, that's not necessarily true. It is really, really unfortunate, I suppose, that much of the public seems to have, have jumped in a camp one or the other. But by the same token, it is really extraordinary that we're a country where this can even happen. I mean, obviously, we're a country where everyone can speak freely. So that happens. And the cost of that 
is that um, people prejudge, they rely on information that isn't true, you know, they seize upon rumor. But we are also a country where a single citizen can hear something in the news about a person who is up for the Supreme Court and contact legislators and end up in this position bringing forth a piece of information that is critical to considering whether someone ought to be on the Supreme Court of the United States. That's extraordinary. I want to ask you about this idea of due process, which a lot of people are talking about quite a bit right now. Is there a due process afforded in these hearings as you see it? Because obviously when many people talk about due process, they're thinking of uh, legal justice. This is very much a political matter. Yeah, people have liked to throw the term due process around and they don't I don't think they really appreciate that under the law, due process is a sliding scale concept that turns a lot on what the sanctions involved will be and how much process is appropriate in light of that particular sanction. Um, This man is not going to jail at the end of this. The most that is going to happen is that he's going to be deprived of this seat. Um, So the the process that he's due is not necessarily the process that that's due in a criminal trial. It does seem odd to me that the idea behind this should be truth telling and that there is such a rush to do it and that there is, is not a desire to hear from all the witnesses. Uh, for the life of me, that does not seem to be a justice seeking process. Um, and I find that problematic. Lynn Rambo is a professor of law at Texas A&M School of Law. Professor Rambo, thanks so much for speaking with us on the Texas Standard. You bet, David. Thank you.